Hello, this is the Service Transformation Podcast. My name is Lubrand Rustema. And today I'd like to introduce to you Louis Law. Louis is a senior consultant for Noventum based in, uh, in Hong Kong. And the, uh, the topic of today that we want to talk about is uh, how can Western companies grow their service business in the Asia-Pacific region? So good morning, Louis. How are you? Good. How are you, Hilbrun? Good afternoon. Very, very good, very good. Louis, you have a lot of experience uh, in the service business. You've, before you joined Noventum, you had many years of uh, working in the service business. Can you explain a little bit your background? Okay. Um, thank you, Hubrin. Uh, out of my 36 years working experience in managing technology business for American and European conglomerates, I have over 30 years in managing service within Asia-Pacific region. So services accounting for a major part of my career and is in my DNA. In these few years, I've been leveraging my experience in service, doing consultancy in service management, including those projects working with Novantum. Okay, so lots of experience also working with European, American companies, but most of the time working for these companies in the Asia-Pacific region. So I think you have a, a very unique perspective on the approach of, let's say, the Western companies with regards to uh, growing their service business in Asia-Pacific countries. Can you say that there are important differences in running service business in Asia-Pacific that you observed? Maybe you can start with, with any differences uh, that you noticed in the um, say, the market demand for services in Asia-Pacific. Okay. Asia-Pacific actually has about 60% of, of the population of the world. Uh, and it's an extremely diversified technology service market comparing to other regions from very well-developed countries, which require extremely sophisticated application support, professional service, and consultancy, to emerging countries that can hardly afford break-and-fix services. So due to scale of economy and wide geographic Graphical uh, coverage, different areas might adopt different business models. Some go direct while the other use agents, and some are adopting a hybrid model using both agents and direct sales. Hence, their services offered will need to be aligned according to their business models and market requirements. In specific countries, they might have specific application, service window, or regulation requirements. For example, in some cases, you have to provide 24-hour service, while usually only 8-hour service is required in the West. Because of production capacity issues, some customers do not allow doing services during normal working hours and sometimes even cannot set your time for preventive maintenance. For security or technological reasons, many customers forbid remote services. So it reduces service efficiency and effectiveness. In addition, we also have language, legal requirements, sovereignty and basic infrastructure issues. They also create complications in servicing the market. In short, the approach of one size fits all cannot be applied. Creativity, flexibility, modularity of service are the keys to the success within the region. So, uh, Louis, that's, that sounds like a very diverse, uh, challenging um, environment. Um, so, in terms of the market potential for technical services in uh, Asia-Pacific, how do you see that? Can you say something about that? Okay. 
In general, technical service is an untapped market in the region. Historically, the focus has always been on developing the install base. After growing for so many years, you can see that the install base growth is gradually slowing down, and then service development starts to come into the business picture. I would say only less than 10% of the technical service market has been touched on, mainly in the mature segments. Because of the huge population, multitude service requirements, the blossom of service business in the emerging segments is probably around the corner. So there is a huge potential in the market within the region. Okay, so that, that sounds really promising. You already alluded to quite some differences in the Asia Pacific region between the countries, and is there something that you can say about what do you see as the sort of the major differences between the more mature markets in the Asia Pacific and more the emerging countries that are still in development in terms of the service business? Well, the um, service market in Asia Pacific could be empirically divided into mature, less developed, and emerging segments. In the mature segments, due to stagnant growth in install base and more sophisticated application requirements, product business growth percent is typically in a single digit, if not declining, and value-added service business will naturally become the growth engine. You can see the businesses of some companies are still growing at a rate of 10% to 15% through service without this install-based growth. With the less developed markets, the service business growth is normally in line with the product sales. This growth rate has started to exceed the product sales growth because of its revenue accumulation nature. Growth of service in the segment is typically around 15 to 20%, whereas the product revenue still enjoys a 10% plus growth rate. Regarding the emerging segment, driving store-based growth has often been the focus. Services are always considered as a catalyst to the growth of product sales, hence frequently being given away or sold below cost. As a result, the service revenue market's potential is yet to be developed in the emerging segment. Hence, has a magnificent business opportunity. Wow, it sounds uh, really, uh, really good uh, for uh, for companies to uh, to really focus on that market. Now, are there important uh, trends, sort of mega trends, that can um, talk about in the the service business market that companies should really pay attention to when they focus their, let's say, service business development efforts in the Asia Pacific? Sure. Currently, many Asia-Pacific companies are building up their own brands and images, thus paying more attention to their services. When you're building up your own brand, service becomes one of the critical factors distinguishing yourself from competitors. Then it is a completely different story versus the past. The scenario could be seen by those companies hiring extremely professional marketing and PR agents for launching their new products and redesigning their services to customers. Gradually, people recognize the win-win character of service business and its contribution. Service businesses not just generate income for the provider, but more important, helping the clients to enhance the capability, productivity, lifetime, and quality of the products. Value-added service costs is not considered as a burden anymore, but adding value to the productivity of the adopted technologies. That's why the value-added services are evolving particularly in the application area. Uh, with software products, you often see continuous updates and upgrades after product acquisition. Consequently, it is getting more and more popular to sell software as a service, what we call SaaS, S-A-A-S. That is creating a substantial potential for service business. 
Besides, nowadays, the capabilities of many high-tech products could be expanded through upgrade. Their capabilities could be enriched after sales per the contingency needs. Those upgrades are usually quite a substantial investment and not easily affordable to some customers, especially to the emerging markets, but could be absolutely necessary to them. That's the reason upgrade as a service, what I call UAS, U-A-A-S, is now gearing up. UAS is still a relatively unexplored business potential with high-tech products. Overall speaking, the mature segment moves faster in UAS and is followed by the less developed and emerging segments. Actually, both UAS and SaaS could ease the capital requirements pressure, hence a welcome by customers. In these few years, another trend is coming up. The medical services have been proliferating and novel, the novel remote medical services are drawing lots of attention recently. The related high-tech product vendors have to be sensitive to develop their services together with the market. I would think these are probably important trends we need to pay attention to. Okay, so those trends that you mentioned, it sounds like they're across the different types of industries, different types of companies. You mentioned ad trends in software, but it's, I think you mean this is all across different types of industries, right? Sure, sure. That is the general trend for uh, most of the high-tech products, if you ask me. Okay, all right. Now, obviously, if I would be a Western company that really wants to start focusing on uh, growing my, my service business in the Asia-Pacific uh, region, what is it that you would recommend uh, me to do? So what, where to start? Is there anything you can, you can say about that? Okay, uh, because of its market diversity, Asia-Pacific high-tech products could leverage the different development maturity in different countries, which are under the same or similar time zone and arguably of close cultural background, if not the same, of course. They're, they're close, I would say. Nearly most services could be replicated from one country to another, and the experiences could be easily shared between countries. The less developed segments might be around three to five years behind the mature segments. Therefore, the less developed countries could learn from the mature countries to prepare for their future growth engine in advance, especially on service business development. The less developed segments could adapt or adopt the value-added services being offered in the mature segment and expand the capability for providing the services. As we all know, experienced experts are access to all the stakeholders. The accumulated knowledges of the experts easily gain them trust from their clients. The trusted advisor relationship between the service provider and clients would definitely fortify the win-win business partnership, thus generating business potential for the service provider. So it is mandatory to build up the required expertise within their operations. In the emerging segments, the clients and vendors usually have a very close relationship. So vendors frequently have access advisors to the clients. Being the trusted advisors, the vendors should explore the future potential requirements for their clients through the development path of other more advanced countries, then advise their clients accordingly. At the same time, the vendors could also start preparing their own capabilities 
for offering the related services for those future potential requirements of their clients. Meanwhile, clients have to be indoctrinated to treasure the value of services. Even the services provided now are free. Service providers ought to put more efforts elaborating to their clients that the market value of those services being given away. Another point is that vendors should now start educating their clients on accepting the concept of UAS, upgrade as services, as so as to gradually tap the lucrative service market potential rather than just squeezing a couple more dollars from the hardware sales. Okay, so, so uh, it sounds like that you could develop some, let's say, success formula. You start with the most advanced countries or regions in Asia Pacific, and then you sort of the, the lesser developed, the lesser mature countries, you can sort of try to tag along following the, the proven examples that you uh, that you will develop locally then. You can um, check out your counterparts, your competitors or similar industry, how they're doing in the more advanced country, then you can leverage on their experiences. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, as you said, there is a lot of uh, education to do of customers, a lot of new capabilities to build, uh, like how do you how do you sell services? How do you develop a relationship as a trusted advisor? So that that's not something that sounds like that's a very short term uh, thing to do. That is, you really have to invest. You're you're going in for let's say the long term. Then uh, am I right? Sure, sure. Because uh, it's a huge market. It takes time to gradually grow the market. Yeah. Okay. So um, I think it's a very nice and short summary of your experience and um, of the situation uh, in the Asia Pacific and yeah, what uh, Western companies can do to grow their service business. I think it's very clear what you mentioned, that this is an, uh, a very good timing. More and more of these countries, uh, there are sort of getting ready for it. But I think also what you said is, uh, yeah, don't expect things to be easy and to be very short term. When you're doing this, this is a yeah, long term strategic decision that uh, requires uh, a bit of work. Right. So I'd like to thank you very much, uh, Louis. Maybe what we can do uh, in the future is to go more in depth of uh, on any of the aspects uh, that you mentioned but i think this is a fantastic short summary and it uh, gives a good overview to our listeners and um, yeah i'd like to uh, invite any of our listeners um, to pose questions to uh, louis that maybe we can uh, we can go more in depth uh, in the next time so thanks a lot we and um, yeah we'll talk again soon thank you hubrin talk to you later so this was the uh, Service Transformation Podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank all listeners for uh, for listening to the podcast. If you have any questions, remarks, or if you'd like to get in contact with us, please go to www.noventum.eu. So noventum.eu, and you can go to our contacts section, or you can go to the uh, the blog section, and then you can react, leave us your comments, or ask your questions. Thank you very much, and hope you listen to our next podcast. Mm-hmm.